Hello and welcome to the 215 Workman's Podcast. My name is Brother Robert Rounds. I'm from KJB Wright Division Radio in Lipa City, Batangas, Philippines. This is the podcast of myself and Brother Landon Dunn, and we appreciate you all being with us today to uh, hear this message that Brother Landon has for you, and we pray that it's a blessing to you and a help to you, and pray that it helps you learn to rightly divide the word of truth. Amen. Alright, so uh, what Brother Landon is going to do today is he's going to uh, preach and teach a little bit on a direct connection to three cults. A direct connection to three cults. So, without further ado, here is Brother Landon. We're going to look at a message this evening entitled... A direct connection to three cults. Amen. A direct connection to three cults. So if you would, go ahead and open up your Bible with me over to the book of Mark. Amen. We'll be in chapter 16 of the book of Mark. You know, while you're turning over there, you know, the, the reason the reason that I was thinking about this thought was, you know, this, during this current weekend, me and my wife, we were having a yard sale. Or we went to another county to do a yard sale because they was having a little festival going on. And we were just trying to get rid of some stuff out of our house. You know, make a little extra money on the side. But we were in this parking lot. And, you know, while we were there, it turns out, you know, there was this Methodist church. And they, and they held the, the parking spot that we were in is not like a little parking lot that was beside the church, but uh, apparently that Methodist church, they took care of the parking. And I was sitting, we were sitting out there, you know, had our, we had our boots, our little tent set up, and we had our stuff out, and everything was out and together. And while we were sitting out there, there was this, uh, there was this old woman that came by, and maybe she was probably in her 60s, 70s. You know, she was a full, a full gray-headed woman, and she came by, and I didn't know who she was, because apparently she introduced her, she introduced herself first to my wife, and then both of them came in, came in, came in over to me. And my wife already knows my stance and what I believe and how I stand. But this woman come over, and she introduced herself, and, and to be honest with you, I don't remember her name, and, <laughs> but she, but she introduced herself and she said, I'm the pastor of this church right here. That's talking about the Methodist church. And already, I just kind of, on the inside, I was just like, whoa, okay, okay, and? <laughs> that, that's just how it makes me, that's how I feel inside. It's like, okay, and? Your point, and? But she was like, I'm, I'm just walking around and I just want to know if, if we can go together in prayer but you know, I just kind of—I looked at her. I was in shock. I was like, "Whoa!" She's like, "Well, you don't have to if you don't want to." And I just looked at her, and I don't know if it showed it personally, but a lot of times, whenever I think something, usually my actions are—they just—I openly act on my actions, you know. And I just—I pray that it's never to the bad. I always pray for the Lord to use me and fill me each and every day. But whenever she's like. You don't have to if you don't want to. I just I just looked at her and I was just like, no, 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 because I don't, 
already, you know, because what we're going to show from the scriptures here this evening, with her claiming that position of a pastor, she's already in complete rejection of the scriptures. She's in complete rejection of the word of God. So right now we have a rebellious woman on our hands, and she's wanting me to go in prayer with her. And I'm not going to go in prayer with somebody who's in complete rebellion of the word of God. And then that person expect me to pray with them for blessings over today, over that day, over what may come in my life. If the Lord's going to bless me, He's going to bless me regardless. But I don't believe that a woman in complete rebellion of the Scriptures is going to bring God is going to bring God's blessing into my life. I personally, I don't believe that. Because like I said, the Lord's going to bless me if He wants to bless me. The fact that I'm breathing right now, that's already a blessing enough in in of it as it is. But look with me right here in, in, in the book of Mark right here in chapter 16. Okay, we're going to look right here. We're going to read verses 15. You know, just to cover the context, we're going to read verses 15 down to verse 20. Notice right here, it says right here in the Word of God, it says, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and set on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. Now look with me right here, because you know what? Entitled the message, you know, is a direct connection to three cults. And you know, in just beginning, you know, I was talking about this Methodist pastor woman. And you say, well, what's the what's this got to do with three cults? Well, what we're going to look at. We're going, to, we're going to look at Catholics, and I have it all up top for a reason. We're going, to, we're going to look at Catholics, we're going to look at Pentecostals, Pentecostals, and then over here on the right, or notice right here, with Methodist. Okay, and with these three, and then with the, the direct connection with these three cults right here, if you notice with me, number one, with number one right here, between each one of them, and I looked this up myself, between each one of these three, each one, each of these three, they claim, they claim to be able to cast out devils. Amen? Cast out Devils. <clears throat> We're just casting out devils with each one of them. Because as you see right here, as we read in the text right here, Mark 16, that was not a coincidence. With Mark 16, 
Their reason behind this is what the church today calls the Great Commission. The Great Commission. And this is where we read right here, right here in the book of Mark, in our, right here in our text, with chapter 16, verses 15 through 20. We're going to look specifically right here with verse 17. Look, look again right here with verse 17. It says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. And look right here. And this is right here. This is the direct connection. Right here in the first one. Look right here. It says, In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. And that right there, that's specifically right there with verse, with verse 17. Because, you know, I, I grew up in the Pentecostal church. You know, as I mentioned many times before, I grew up in their church. And they personally believe that they all have the power to just cast out the devils because of verse 17 right here where it says, In my name. Talking about the name of Jesus Christ. They believe that in the name of Jesus Christ, they possess this power to cast out devils. And I've looked it up online. Because I was very curious if the Methodists carried that same trait. Because, you know, a lot of these denominations come right out from underneath their mother right there. This little, this little, this little mother of harlots right here. Yeah. This whore church. A lot of these denominations, they, they break out and they branch out and away from out, of the, out from beneath this whore right here. But with the, and with the Methodists, when I looked it up, they believe because of in, in my name that they will be able to cast out these devils in the name of Jesus. And it's all carried about with the Great Commission. But you know, there's, there's a problem with this. You say, well, what, what's this problem? Well, the problem with it is according to the Scriptures... Like, I, I personally, I don't care. I don't personally, I don't care what their personal reasoning, their method behind, why they say that they can do this, you know, which which basically boils down to a verse taken out of context. But according to the scriptures, you know, and within each one of these, with the casting out devils, and we're going to look at this in, in the next point, it all directs, it all directly connects with women and behind each one, and though men do it as well too, in each, in each one of these. But with the first point, you know, it's it's a Jewish message. You say, well, well what's that got to do with anything? You know, that be that it's just a Jewish message. Well. Simply put, it's Jews going to Jews. And with the Jews going to Jews, this was a sign. Mm -hmm. And I've dealt with this personally on the hands with Pentecostals. But, and each one of them they want if you try to tell them what's a sign, and you know signs aren't to you. Well, I've had them. I've had them. They personally they get angry, and they, and they just go. They just get angry and they get all aggressive with me. 
And they're like, well, you're, well, you're, well, you're saying, and they just get all, try, they try to get all forceful and they try to push themselves all aggressively on you. And they, and they do reverse tactics, you know, you know, making it look like, well, you're, like, they're the victim, though they're the one that, that's lashing out and getting aggressive with you. You know, which, you know, that's the way narcissists are. But with, you know, but with this Jews once a Jews, you know, and it being a sign, you know, 1 Corinthians one twenty two. You know, that, in that verse it says, you know, for the Jews require a sign, but the Greeks seek after wisdom. As today, and we dealt with this many times, you know, we're not Jews. We're not Jews, amen. amen. You know, with that Jewish message, you know, that's Jews to Jews, and, and they needed signs in order to believe. But when you look at this, you know, the Pentecostals, they believe they can cast out devils. But when you come over over here onto the other side from the Pentecostals, because, you know, in the Pentecostal church, you know, the men are preachers, and they claim the women are preachers, and they all have the power to cast out these devils, because, you know, in my name shall they cast out devils, because they believe they're apostles, they believe they're the nation of Israel. Jesus was speaking to them. They believe they have his power, but when you come over to the Catholics, the Catholic priest, he is the one that they believe in within the within Catholicism. In the Catholic Church, the priest, he believes he has the power to cast out devils. Mm. Then afterward, he has to go with the isolation. But then when you come over to the Methodist, you know, they you know they get their orders, you know, from the from the higher up chair. You know, the higher up in there gives them the permission that they may go out and, and they may cast out these devils. And their proof text right there in the Matthews in Mark in Mark chapter sixteen, verse seventeen, in my name, they believe because if they do it in the name of Jesus, that they have this power as well. And right here directly, we, ha we have a complete circle right here of a complete connection. All three believe they have this, this power that Jesus gave to his apostles, you know, the Jewish nation of Israel, to the lost sheep. They believe they contain the same power as the apostles, which was to the Jews. Yep. But they, they believe they carried this same message. But you know that's that's not biblical, because again they're not Israel. But if you look next with me, right here in point number in number two, number two, you know, with the Catholics, the Pentecostals, and the Methodists. You know, each one of these, they believe in women pastors. You know, as as you know, as I was mentioning about this morning, they believe in women pastors or preachers. You know, the Pentecostal Church. They believe in pastors or preachers, which are women. 
But with them, like like whenever I grew up in the Pentecostal church, they didn't exactly have a proof text for this. But you know, because you know, like I said, they take verses out of its context. They the Pentecostals they would they like to run over to the Old Testament, and I've heard it so many times growing up. Well, Hannah, Hannah, Hannah was a preacher. She was a prophetess. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not even true. Yeah, God did use Hannah, but Hannah was not preaching to the men. They, they take verses like where God uses women to be a help to the to the people in the church. Like in the early church, you remember... Um, Paul had the the one sister that he said she is a secure of me. You know, basically he was saying to assist her in whatever need that she may have. But the, but the Pentecostals, because they don't understand context, they take verses out of his context. Oh, she was a prophetess. She was a preacher. So because she was a preacher, women are allowed to preach and they can be pastors because Hannah was a prophetess. I've heard that many times. But they their context forgetters. They 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 purposely ignore the context. And when you you try to present them with the context, like I aforementioned, they get they get aggressive and they just they slash out and they just they get all mean and angry. And you're like, Well why why are you getting so angry? I thought we were just having a discussion. Like I said, they, they turn it around on you and they try to play the victim. You know, they play the narcissist role because they're narcissists. Mm-hmm. And they turn it around and try to make make themselves out to be the victim. Like, you're the bad guy. You're the one causing problems. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. We say, well, what does the scripture say concerning women pastors or women preachers? What the Bible says about them, that they are to learn and silence. And silence. The women are to learn in silence. We say, "Oh, chapter and verse, chapter and verse. Give me what the Bible says." Okay. We're going to look over in First Timothy, over in the book of First Timothy, chapter two and verse twelve. Flip over there with me. Over to the book of First Timothy. Chapter 2, verse 12. But you know, for sake of context, because I love the context, I believe in the context, because that's that's the way we interpret Scripture properly in its biblical proper order. We look at it in its context. Look at verse 11, if you're already there. It says right here, let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. Verse 12. But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. Let's just keep going on. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing, if they continue in faith and charity and holiness with all sobriety. 
You know, but with the Methodist, you know what? Like personally, you know, I came into contact with the Methodist. You know, what they like to say, you know, the way they interpret this scripture, because like I said, you know, they take verses out of its context. You know, with them, they say, well, in context, you know, this is dealing with teaching. Well, no, no, actually, they say the context is dealing with prayer. Because if you go back to the very beginning of the chapter, it says, I exhort, therefore, in verse 1, right here in the beginning of the chapter, it says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. So they say, well, the context is dealing with prayer. Well, in early on in the chapter of the context, we are dealing with prayer. That part is true. But they like to, but with, you know, taking things out of its context, they like to twist a little here and twist a little there. You know, just so they can prove their little point. Well, supposedly prove their point. You know, but after the whole banner of prayer is over, you know, our context is dealing with teaching or preaching over the man. Hmm. You know, you know, where, well, with the Methodists, you know, it's with them, you know, they believe that, you know, she's the head just as well as the man. Because whenever they take it out of context, they're putting her up as the head over the man. But this is not dealing with prayer. Because you come on down, you come on down, you, verse 8, it continues on, you know, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands. You know, this is dealing with prayer. You know, in, like, in, in verse 9, you know, like men are also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel. Well, they acknowledge that right there as well. Well, the women should be dressing right. You know? You know, and just, you know, the first half is doing the prayer. You know, we're, we got right here women living correct, you know, dressing properly. But they don't, they don't read their punctuation. Look right here, verse 10, just prior to where it mentions the women keeping in the silence. Because it says, verse 10, but, talking, you know, in connection with, you know, likewise, you know, the women adorning themselves in modest apparel, verse 11, or verse 10, but which becometh women professing godliness with good works. You know, because women, you know, with living right, dressing right, she, she should be living right, you know, living clean for the Lord as she's dressed right as well. Look here, right here. Let the woman learn in silence without subjection. Well, how is she going to learn in silence if it's dealing with prayer? Prayer has nothing to do with learning in silence. Prayer doesn't put a person as the head over another person. Because, you know, right here at the end of verse 10, you know, there's a period that, that ends our sentence. Verse 11 picks up a new, he's dealing with something, Paul's dealing with a new topic right here. Because, you know, first half he covered prayer. He's dealing with dressing modest. And he picks up with a woman learning in silence without subjection. And it's not dealing with prayer because the verse continues. Because in prayer, whenever you're praying in the church, does that mean that I suffer not a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man? If you're praying, how how can you how can you take prayer and turn it over into teaching or usurping authority over the man? With that right there, that's showing Paul talking about something else. They don't know how to read their context. Paul, Paul right here, he 
verses 11 down to 15, she's dealing with the woman being in subjection, not putting herself as the head over the congregation. You gotta, that, that, that place, a position, God gave to a man. And the reason that being, if you read on with the context, because, you know, we saw that as they twisted it, verses 9 and 10, the women dressing in modest apparel, Verses 11 and 15 dealing with the context of women not usurping authority because prayer has nothing to do with teaching or preaching. The reason being of the woman keeping the silence was right here somebody put. 13 down. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in a transgression. Back around Genesis chapter 2, woman Eve, she went off into the, she went off and she was the one that was deceived by the serpent. You remember right there in chapter 3? The serpent beguiled me and I did eat. She was the one in the transgression. So because of that, she's the one that she must learn in silence. She doesn't have that authority role. That authority role God gave to the man. No, no, I believe it's still having to do with prayer. It has to do with... No. Let's, let's look back at another place. Let's look over 1 Corinthians. Flip back to 1 Corinthians. Let's look at chapter 14. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Let's look at verses 26 down to 40. Because, you know, we must cover the context. Look right here. It says, How is it then, brethren, when ye come together, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. If any man... Speaking an unknown tongue, let it be by two, or at the most by three, and that by course, and let one interpret. But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church. You notice that right there. Do you see that already? You know, because the woman, whenever you know, for her, for the position of of you know putting the authority over the man, in its bit. She was told that she must keep silence because, you know, things must be done in order. The scripture said for her because she was in the transgression. You know, she was in the wrong. She must keep silence. Look right here. But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. Let the prophets speak two or three and let the other judge. If anything be revealed to another that sitteth by, let the first hold his peace. For ye may all prophesy one by one, that all may learn, and all may be comforted. And the spirits and the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. Verse 33, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all, as in all churches of the saints. Verse 34, This is no coincidence. Let your women keep silence. And you notice that how it was in First Timothy chapter 2. And back right up here in verse 28. Let them keep silence in the church. That's for no reason. Now there's no coincidence as to why this is being repeated. 
Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. As you remember, for Adam was first formed, then Eve, but then the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Well, she doesn't have that role in him. You know, there's no role for the woman to, to take her and usurp herself and her be in the role of authority over a man. Because right here, you know, referencing scripture with scripture, she is to be under obedience, as also saith the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for women to speak in the church. What? It continues on. What? Came the word of God out from you? Or came it unto you only? If any man think himself to be a prophet, look at that. If any man, it doesn't say that if any woman think herself to be a prophet. It says if any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. But if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. Wherefore, brethren, covet the prophecy, and forbid not to speak with tongues. Let all things be done decently and in order. See, they they took they take for their for their you know for their reasoning they they twist and they take out of context the scriptures to try to to fit their sin. Because they're in rebellion. They're in sin to the word of God. And it says right here, for it is a shame for women to speak in the church. You know, they're supposed to be under obedience. You know, as I saw saith the law. Under the law, they were to be under obedience. Over here in the church ancient today, Paul continues on. Let them be under obedience. You know, it wasn't right then. It's still not right now. Come on, brother. See, these. This is this is the direct connection between these three cults. You know, I personally, I've I've spoke to the Pentecostals on this matter many times. And as always, the only thing I've ever gotten in return, you know, I've gave this scripture right here. I've went back over, you know, where we read First Timothy chapter two. I've taken this scripture personally, and I've tried to confront them with the scriptures. You know, just off on my own, I'm personally, I don't, I'm more, I'm more or less like an introvert type person. You know, I, I personally, I don't, I mean, I work with people, but I don't personally like to. Always be around people, always. Mm. But when it comes to the Word of God, you know, whenever God tells me to go speak, you know, He puts it on my heart, you know, I feel that tugging, you know, that pressure on my heart, like, like you need to move, you know. Give this, give this verse right here. Show them what my Word says. Landon, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, let the woman learn in silence. Go tell him, show him the verse. I took this verse over to the to the Pentecostal. You know, at my work years ago, and I mentioned him before, but I've, I've went to him personally because we've had discussions on this before. You know, and I know what they believe in this because I grew up in this. 
But at that time, you know, he he was only a part of this church as a preacher. He's probably only been in the Pentecostal church preaching maybe six to eight years. I grew up in it for 22 years. But because I'm where I'm not in it no more, they automatically just block me out. I'm like, well, you don't know nothing. I'm in the Pentecostal church now. I know what goes on in there. You're wrong. You're a Baptist. You Baptist. Uh-uh. I've been in there long enough to know what they do, and I know what the Scripture says now. So I, I took in first I took in First Timothy chapter two verse twelve. I said, "But the scripture, you believe that a woman is allowed to preach, and you sit there, and, Amen. A woman preaches, you never preach, preach. No, right here, First Timothy chapter two verse twelve. I told him, I said, but the scripture says right here, and I had to open my Bible up for him right there on my phone. I said, look right here. I said, what do you do with this right here? Paul said, but I suffered not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man." I said, the Bible says she's not to have that authority over the man. But it says right here to be in silence. What do you say about that? Like, what do you think right here concerning the scriptures? You remember, like I showed you about five, ten minutes ago or so, his response, well, Hannah, Hannah was a prophetess. God used Hannah, Hannah preached. The scriptures doesn't say that. You're fitting your assumptions into the scriptures. Instead of fitting your assumptions, why don't we just go with what the Scripture says? Believe the book for what it says. Amen. Never let our assumptions override Scripture. Go with our thoughts when it matches with Scripture in its context. But that's all I have for this this little thought right here. I know it went too much. But I was just I was just wanting to show you, you know, the the, the the direct connection between these three cults. Now I know I just briefly touched on the Catholics because you know they do that's it, that is what they believe and they teach. Even though I'm more familiar with you know Methodist with what they're saying and what the Pentecostals are saying, all three of them they all three work in a direct connection. They believe, they all work in that in a wheel, rolling back and forth in connection. They they freely flow, mm-hmm. flow together in all three of these aspects. All three together, they all come together in, in these two things, and that's what they believe. But when it comes to the Word of God, you know we we can't we can't do that. We have to go with what the Scripture says. We can never go with our assumptions. We can never go with what the church says to us or what the diocese tries to teach. You know with. Because, you know, Lutherans, you know, there's others, you know, they all go with this. They all believe in casting out devils and all this and that. You know, the Lutherans, they, they believe that they have that power. Off Mark 16 in my name. Are you Israel? Methodists, are you Israel? Catholics, Pentecostals, mm. even some Southern, in, in the Southern Baptist movement, some Baptists, are you Israel? No. You know, for the most part, you know, over here in America, for the most part, the nationality is Gentile. And then once you get saved, you know, you become a member of the body of Christ where there's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. When you're in Christ, you're a new creature. There's neither there's no more of 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 the Jew nor Gentile because they two come together in one in Christ and become one new man. Yes, amen. Amen, Brother Landon. 
Thank you so very much for uh, for this message. Um, I I just want to say that you know, Brother Landon mentioned the Catholics, the Pentecostals, Methodists, you know, um, Pentecostals, Methodists, you know, they are uh, Protestants. You know, they broke away from the Catholic Church, right? But uh, still. They brought some of uh, of the Catholics' doctrines, you know, with them, you know, um, you know, such as you know they can cast out devils, you know, and and things like that. But but um, you know those things are signs, you know, and um, signs are for. The Jews, they're not for the body of Christ, the church today. And we're not to be looking for signs. You know, we, we, don't, uh, we don't look for uh, blood moons and, you know, uh, typhoons and, and uh, earthquakes and all this other stuff. And then, then say, you know, the, the, the signs of the times are here. You know, if you're not saved, you know, you need to get saved right now. You know, we don't look for signs, or we shouldn't be looking for signs. You know, we need to be looking for the Lord's return, right? And um, and uh, and and so, you know, the sign gifts, those sign gifts, they went away. You know, so let's not be looking for for signs. You know, um. There, there is nobody today that you know can can heal the sick and you know cast out devils, as was mentioned. You know, if, if a person could heal the sick, why are they not in hospitals curing people? It's because they can't. And so. Remember that signs are for the Jews. They are not for the body of Christ. Amen. All right, I'll go ahead and, uh, and I'll stop right there. Uh, thank you so very much for being with us today. Thank you for your prayers for us, our families, our ministries. Uh, please continue to pray for this podcast that the Lord will continue to use it mightily for His glory. Until next time, God bless you.